Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, warm hello. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a terrific show for you as our good buddy Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be looking forward to the upcoming 2020 MLB season. We're going to get his thoughts on both the New York teams in the Mets and the Yankees, some of the teams that he thinks could surprise, and so much more. So we're going to have a great chat in the second segment about the upcoming season. In the final segment, I'm going to be giving you side and total on every game for Friday night slash Saturday mornings, MPB and KBO games, and a little something I like to call touch them all in the MPB. It depends on whether or not you're on the West Coast or the East Coast as to whether the action starts very late on Friday or very early on Saturday, which is why I throw in there that disclaimer. And I always throw in there the fact that I'd love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If there's something that you'd like answered, fire it into my timeline, at GRS41. If you send these questions via direct message, well, the letters DM to me mean does not matter. And if I've already answered the question on the podcast, I will just politely send you the link so that way you've got it at your disposal. Did not get in any new questions today, so let's take a look back at everything that we noticed in the MPB and KBO. From Friday morning, try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. The NC Dinos just completely lit the LG Twins on fire as they were able to hit the overall by themselves. Domination by the NC Dinos, 12-2 the final in this one. Drew Ruchinski wound up giving up one run in the first inning, but by and large, this guy was very solid in his start once again. Six innings, he gives up that lone run, and from there, the NC Dinos, who surprisingly have the worst bullpen out there in the KBO, they give up one run over the course of three innings, so they were able to do their job. Meanwhile, for LG, Chingu Lim, he winds up giving up four-plus runs for now the sixth time in his last ten starts. Certainly did not go well for him. Four runs given up over the course of four innings. And the bullpen for the LG Twins, which was the best in the KBO about three weeks ago, it has certainly tapered off as they give up eight runs over the course of five innings. And for NC, they were able to get some deep balls in this one. Aaron Altair was able to get a home run that was actually what pushed the total over. This is someone that all of a sudden has been doing a terrific job for this team. 
his 16th home run of the season. For NC as a team, they had 15 hits. And for LG, this is just a bunch of They weren't able to get a whole heck of a lot going. And you do want to note that Hunsu Kim was relieved later on in this game. He was running to first base very gingerly. So you do want to keep tabs on him because he is one of the big bombers for the LG Twins. Speaking of a big bomber team, how about a team that has won 9 out of its last 12 and is the hottest team in the KBO? Our good friends, the KT Wiz, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know that they're not the KT Wiz. They're the Smiling Blobs, and they win by a count of 8-3. to three. All of a sudden, the Smiling Blobs are two games out of the five spot, and here on the Baseball Betting Podcast, we are jacked up about that. You know what else we're jacked up about? The fact that Man Rojas winds up getting another home run. His KBO leading 20th. Home run of the campaign. This guy is on absolute fire right now. And then you take a look at the rest of the smiling blobs. Woo Jun Sim in the nine spot was able to get four RBI. William Cuevas, very good start. He wound up going 115 pitches in six innings, but he got the job done, giving up just one run. So he kept the game out in front of him. And for Samsung, they wound up having to go to the bullpen for seven innings. Bullpen gave up five runs in the process as... He Dunk Hugh winds up going one inning. He gives up three runs, two of which were earned. You may remember this is a guy on ESPN who made his debut as an 18-year-old and like strand the bases loaded twice against the Lote Giants in his first two career innings. This time, no such luck against our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. A little bit of luck if you had the Kiwoom Heroes in their game against the Kia Tigers as they made things very close. They were able to erase a five-run deficit, but they just ran out of gas at the end. Kia holds on for a 9-8 win in this one for the Kia Tigers. A much better start out of... Hun Jung Yang, he winds up going five and a third innings. He looked very good until that last inning. He winds up giving up five runs, four of which were earned. He was hurt by the fact that the team committed some errors bullpen from there. They wind up going five and two-thirds innings. They give up two runs in the process. What was big for the Kia Tigers, though, is the fact that they were able to get a whole lot of production at the top. Preston Tucker goes three of six in this one. He gets a long bomb, three RBI. G1 Na, his second home run in as many games. And Ju Wan Na. Also goes yard for this team. And for the Kiwoom Heroes, how about Kyunchang Su? He winds up being able to go 4 of 5 for this punch. He's now hitting above a 300. And then you are also able to get a home run out of Ha Sung Kim. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs now for the Kiwoom Heroes. And for the Heroes, this is a team that just all of a sudden is having to use their bullpen left, right, and sideways. They've had to go to the bullpen for a minimum of 18 outs in 3 out of their last 4 games. As Woon Tae Choi, eh, it was not a good start for him. He gives up 7 runs over the course of 4 innings. Give credit to the bullpen. They were able to do a good job of holding down the fort for as long as they could. Six and a third innings. They wind up giving up two runs in the process. Speaking of a bullpen that was able to actually do its job typically for this year, that'd be the Lote Giants. Wasn't necessarily so good against the Doosan Bears Friday morning, though, as the Lote Giants were giving up a Lote amount of runs as the Doosan Bears were able to hang a touchdown and the field goal on the board, and the Bears knock off the Giants by a count of 10 to 5. We might see that happen in the NFL season in a few months as well, but with that said, for the Doosan Bears, Chris Flexen, very good start in this one. He gives up one run over the course of seven innings. Day one, Moon came out of the bullpen, and he tried to set fire to this game as he gave up four runs over the course of one inning, so that was not necessarily great as... Lote was able to get two home runs in that ninth inning. Dong Hee Han winds up getting his third home run in two games. He's now got for the campaign, I believe now either eight or nine. And then Bungie Shin was able to get a home run as well. So some very nice signs there. But Jun Won So, not a good start in this one. He winds up going a grand total of four innings. He gives up seven runs, four of which were earned. This is a man that had given up three runs or fewer in each out of his previous seven starts. So that was a little bit of a not-so-good situation there. And then the bullpen from there, they go five innings. They give up three runs. And then the toilet bowl matchup of the KBO. The deadliest teams, the SK Wyverns and the Anwa Eagles in battle. And the Eagles were able to soar to victory by kind of 6-5. They get six runs on five hits. I'm not sure how that happens, but for SK, this is a team that actually had some good bullpen pitching. They wind up going a grand total of two and a third innings. They give up zero earned runs, but they gave up three unearned runs. The fielding was just absolutely terrible. And then Junon Kim did not necessarily put the team in the best of spots either. Starter winds up giving up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings, and he gave up a long bomb as well. 
going deep for the Anwa Eagles. A rarity for this team. That would be Mr. Won Hu Zhang. For Mr. Zhang, he's not necessarily a power hitter. As that is his first home run of the campaign and his second career home run. By the way, first home run in the KBO since 2016. And for Anwa, how about the start that they were able to get out of Minwoo Kim? Five and a third innings of scoreless baseball. Bullpen tried to blow this game. They wind up going three and two thirds innings. They give up five runs, but they were able to hold on for victory. Big note in this one for SK, the fact that Jung Choi, back at the fold for this team, he was missing from the team's game a few days ago, so getting him back in the fold is big because he was in the top five of the KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. And then taking a look at the MPB, you did have one game get rained out. The Yamiori Giants and the Tokyo Yukult Swells wound up not playing. I thought that Yamiori played in a dome, so I was a little bit surprised about that, but anywho, a little bit of a strange situation there. There was no action, so we move on. This was also very strange. The Yokohama Dana Basars and the Hanshin Tigers were doing battle. This game was called after the top of the fifth inning, so you had just enough outs to be able to call it an official game because Hanshin, the team that was a home team, was getting set to bat in the bottom of the fifth. This game was a final of 3-2, to two, so you wound up having... Pretty much a complete game for Mr. Aogi for the Hanshin Tigers who gave up two runs in his start. That's just absolutely ridiculous that you wind up having a game in which the home team, the team that won, wound up batting only four times. And if I remember correctly, there was a situation in which the Chicago White Sox had a similar situation during the 2019 season. So if you wound up having a first five in that game... It should cash, but I know in some places it might not have. But if you wound up having the full game money line, it for sure did. So you want to check your book if you had a first five. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Because, I mean, obviously, if you had the first five over, that would have cashed. But there wasn't a full five innings played. So, I mean, it's one of these cases in which it's just so harebrained. Because sometimes you get these cases in which a money line comes through for the full game, but not for the first five. It's so rear end backwards, it's not even funny. But with that said, certainly your strange result of the night, to say the least. What else was very strange is the fact that you had walk-off city in the NPB on Friday morning as the Cebu Lions were not able to walk off, but they were able to get three runs in the eighth and ninth inning to be able to erase a deficit that they had against the Jubil Lote Marines to be able to win by a count of seven to five. Cebu Lions, by the way, they wind up winning this game by getting five hits and getting seven runs as a result. For Cebu, they were able to get a pair of home runs in this one as Hotaka Yamakawa was able to get his sixth home run this season. That was big for the team. And for Chiba Lote, this is a bunch that they were able to get a home run themselves. You had Brandon Laird along with Leonis Martin be able to do a solid job but be able to set the table as well. Both of these guys were able to give the team a hit. And then they were able to get the third home run of the campaign out of one of their better infielders in C.I. Inui. But then you take a look at Chiba Lote. Bullpen in this one just was unable to hold down the fourth. They give up three runs over the course of two innings. And a ways to start from Dakai Iwashita that was sort of all over the place. He gives up four runs over the course of seven innings. Zach Neal winds up giving up six runs in six innings. But the bullpen of the Cebu Lions, they don't give up a single run over the course of three innings as Reed Garrett was able to get the win in this one. Yes, the former Detroit Tigers, not so great. If you're looking for someone that used to be a great, that is Adam Jones. He plays for the Oryx Buffaloes, and the Buffaloes were able to get three runs in the ninth inning to walk things up against the Nippon Ham Fighters. Four to three, the final in this one. For the Buffaloes of Oryx, they were able to get Adderlin Rodriguez to the plate in the ninth inning. He produces with two outs and two men on in the bottom of the ninth. A three-run bomb to be able to get the win. His fourth of the campaign of note as well. Christian Villanueva, who used to play for the San Diego Padres. He recently just joined the Nippon Ham Fighters. He was able to get his first home run in the campaign. That was very big. And then if you're taking a look at the Ham Fighters, you've got to feel for their starting pitcher in this one as Kohi Iwahara gives up no runs over the course of seven innings. And then the bullpen throws the game into the incinerator, giving up those four runs over the course of two and a third innings. Meanwhile, the bullpen of the Oryx Buffaloes, which has been one of the worst out there in the MPB, they wind up giving up no runs over the course of three and a third innings. And then how about this name? This is always one that is going to be tripping me up all year long as Tsusuba Sakakibara was going in this one five and a third innings. He wound up giving up three runs in the process. So that was certainly an interesting result. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, a team that has really been scuffling after winning five out of the last six titles in the MPB, they were able to get a walk-off winner against the Rakuten Golden Eagles, a team with the best 
bullpen ERA in the MPB. This was by a count of 2-1. to one. For Fukuoka, they were able to get two big home runs, which allowed them to be able to get the victory in this one. And the biggest one for the South Bank Hawks was the fact that Yuki Aganita was able to get his seventh home run of the campaign. He certainly has been firing all cylinders for this team. And Nao Higashiyama gave the team a very good start. Seven innings of one-run baseball bullpen. From there, they hold down the fourth for the final three innings. It was J.G. Chargua that gave up the walk-off home run for the Golden Eagles as well. If that name sounds familiar, he was on the LA Dodgers for the 2019 season. And it was what was a very good start for Takahiro Norimoto, who winds up going seven innings for the Golden Eagles. He gives up one run in the process. And for the Rakuten Golden Eagles, there was just nothing doing when it comes to the offense. Just two hits in this one. They were able to draw four walks, but they just weren't able to do a whole lot with that regard. And then you wound up having another walk-off as the Hiroshima Carp were fish fried in this one in the 10th inning as the Chudichi Dragons were able to get a 3-2 victory in this one. The walk-off winner in this one was Dayan Viciato being able to get a 10th inning home run off of Geronimo Franzua. That is a very appropriate name. And Dashi Osero, who wound up getting the start for the Hiroshima Carp, he was terrific in this one. He gives up one run over the course of seven innings, and then the bullpen from there, they give up an unearned run, and then the bullpen also winds up having Franzua giving up that walk-off winner for Chunichi. Bullpen goes three scoreless innings, and they were able to get a pretty solid start in this one as they had UD Ono going on the mound in this one. He gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. And if you're taking a look at the Carp, this is a team that has really been getting a lot out of C.I. Suzuki. He winds up going 0-4 in this one. And really the lone big hit in this one was the fact that they were able to get the second home run of the year off the bat of Ryosuke Kikuchi. So that is what we all noticed in the MPB and the KBO from Friday morning. Now let's take a look at baseball out here in the States. Jake Asman does a great job with SB Nation Radio as a host. He is going to be joining me in the second segment. Take a look at the Yankees, the Mets, some of the teams that he thinks could surprise this year, and so much more. And then it's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. He has joined me a couple times, and it's because he does an absolutely terrific job. You can hear him nationally on SB Nation Radio from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern from Monday through Friday. If you're looking Pacific time, that is between 6 and 8. You're able to follow this man on Twitter at Jake Asman, and he is the host of the Jake Asman Show, as it is. Well, Jake Asman joining me right here on the podcast, and it's nice that you keep things all nice and uniform, and it's great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Greg. Thanks for having me. I hope you're staying safe in Vegas. Hope your listeners are doing well, and I'm excited to talk some baseball. Me too. We are both just chopping at the bit for this baseball season. Officially, opening night is less than two weeks away, obviously, with the Nationals and the New York Yankees doing battle. And if there's any team that probably got a little bit of an edge from everything that's happened with the layoff, pushing the season back, it probably is the New York Yankees. Because let's face it, going into the beginning of the regular season, you're going to have James Paxson banged up. You're probably going to be without Aaron Judge for quite a while. List of injuries goes on and on. Now you've got to think with this condensed season, for one, because you've only had three weeks to ramp up. And some of these teams haven't even had three weeks due to things like weather, COVID-19 cases not coming back in time, things of this nature, that these starting pitchers are just not going to be where they typically are to begin a season. So it's going to leave them a little bit short. And if we know this, the New York Yankees' big kryptonite is not being able to get seven-plus strong innings out of a lot of their starters. Obviously, they got Garrett Cole, but... With that said, they've got a lot of pitching depth, and now that they've got everyone healthy, I think that this bodes very well for them being the favorite to win the World Series. Yeah, I think the thing with the Yankees is health is going to be the biggest factor, but that can be said for really for every team. The point you made about the Yankees benefiting from the time off, I think is a good one. I think it's true. You know, when you talk about the injuries they went through last year, and it, it just felt like last year never ended. You lose Severino before the year even begins, and March with Tommy John, Judge is going to be out, Stanton's going to be out. Hey, you could be without Paxton first couple months of the season. So, you know, no one wants to go through a global pandemic, but the Yankees were able to get healthy. And Aaron Hicks, as long as he makes it through the next two weeks healthy and doesn't get COVID, you know, he's going to become the first player in MLB history to have Tommy John surgery in the offseason <laughs> and never miss a game. That's just crazy, but that's just a fact. So, I mean, there's no doubt the Yankees were the favorites to win the World Series with the Dodgers for a reason. I personally think the Yankees are a better team than any team in the American League, including Houston. I think when you add Garrett Cole and you take Garrett Cole away from the Astros, that right there is the difference. So 
you know, they're in great shape. But the thing with a 60 game season is if guys get out to a slow start or if a couple of injuries happen, you know, that might be the difference between, you know, being the top team in your division or even making the playoffs. So, you know, I do think the Yankees will be fine. I think they're talented. I think they're going to be, you know, still one of the best teams. But, you know, 60 games, anything can happen. So they got to stay healthy. And, you know, they're going to probably have to rely on their bullpen, which is a huge strength of theirs. So if starters can't go more than four or five innings early on, well, the Yankees have so many guys in that pen. So you would think they'd be at an advantage there. So I think they're the best team in baseball. And I think they got a great chance to win the World Series. But we'll see how it all unfolds. No doubt. I am right there with you. And you mentioned it with a 60 game season that all you need is like a two to three week good stretch. And all of a sudden you're in it. We all remember the Seattle Mariners winding up being sellers at the trade deadline. But what a lot of people forget is that during the 2019 season, they start out 13 and two. There's no doubt if they start out 13 and two this year, they're not doing something like they did last year where they traded Edwin Encarnacion to the New York Yankees. They're probably buying as a result. And I just think it's going to be so fascinating to see what we see at the trade deadline this year because you got to think that if the Baltimore Orioles get out to their just bended really bad start that they're a team that's going to be sellers. But if you're a team that's say like a 15 and 15, a 14, 16, 16, 14, somewhere in that 500 range, I just don't know how many teams are going to be able to pick up too much. But at the same time, I just don't know what teams are really going to be sellers. And I think that that's something that is going to be really fascinating to watch. I think that a lot of those moves are going to be just based on service time and cap room as well. I think that we're just going to see a completely different dynamic with the trade deadline this year. Well, I think the trade deadline shouldn't even be in place this year. It's a 60-game season, and I think in the middle of a global pandemic, it's probably not smart. And trading guys, you know, to various teams and making them uproot their family, have to travel and move in the middle of a pandemic. So I've argued this on the radio show, I do, that there shouldn't even be an MLB trading deadline. But since there is, I think it could go one of two ways. You might have some teams that are just trying to salary dump because they're losing so much money without having fans in the stands for these 60 games. Or you might have some teams that, you know, feel like they're in it. So there's not going to be too many sellers that are out there. I mean, even if you're around 530 games in, you're in the mix. I think it could be a trade deadline where we see maybe a flurry of action or a trade deadline where we see no action. I haven't really figured out you know, what's going to unfold there. But, you know, the fact that we even have a trade deadline, I think it's just shocking to begin with. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it should have went the way of the all-star game and just not have been in place as we do have Jake Hasman joining me right here on the podcast. And I did think it was funny that there was like Bob Nightingale tweeting out, oh, the 2020 all-star game has been canceled like anyone cares. But what we certainly <laughs> do care about is what's going to be happening in the National League East. I know that you're a guy that you have quite a bit of knowledge with regards to the New York Mets and all that they're doing. And I think that this is going to be a fascinating team because we know that they're not going to have no Thorsten to guard this year. He's out with Tommy John, but they wind up picking up Marcus Stroman at said trade deadline in 2019. You've still got Jacob DeGrom, but we know this as well. While the Mets have some very good starters, bullpen was, shall we say, inconsistent last year, to say the very least. It was very good in the second half of the year. First half of the year was bad, but a couple of those bullpen arms, Drew Gagione along with Chris Flexen, they're now pitching in South Korea, so I think it's going to be fascinating what happens with the New York Mets because they obviously have a good lineup. You saw Jeff McNeil step up for them. You've now got Yoannis Cespedes back, a guy that who knows what would have been his status if we would have had a normal 162-game season and what he would have done the first couple months of the year, but he should be good and rocking. And then you've got Pete Alonso as well, who led the MLB in home runs last season. Absolutely. I think that division is fascinating. 60 games, I mean, you can make a case really for any team in that division, even the Marlins. I mean, hey, you know, the, you mentioned Seattle last year. They got off to a 13-2 start, and they ended up being horrendous. So you, know, you never know. I think the key for the Mets is going to be their bullpen. I mean, Edwin Diaz was horrific last year. If he's just, you know, average, I think you're talking about a team that's a legitimate playoff contender. You still have DeGrom. You still have Stroman. You know, you're going to need to get something out of Rick Porcello. You're going to need to get something out of Waka in the back end. But the Mets have a decent lineup. Alonzo, McNeil, Cespit is coming back. Being a DH, I think, is huge. He's playing for a contract. So I expect a big year out of him if he could stay healthy. Like, there's pieces there to be really good. The key for the Mets is their pen. You know, Seth Lugo is probably their only reliable reliever they have in that bullpen. They signed Dylan Batantis away from the Yankees. But let's see what he is coming off. You know, an Achilles tendon therapies, you know, prime Dylan Batantis, the Mets are going to be dangerous. So there's a lot of question marks with the Mets, but if they hit on some of these questions, they could be really good. The Nationals are still the defending champs led by, you know, Scherzer and Strasburg and, and Corbin in that rotation. And then obviously you look what Philly did improving, adding Zach Wheeler, bringing in Didi Gregorius. Just, you know, just replacing Gabe Kapler with Joe Girardi, I think, is going to help them win a couple extra games alone. So 
That division's really competitive, and I'd be remiss, of course, if I didn't mention the Braves, who've won the division the last two years and have an absolutely loaded roster. So you, know, you could really argue the National League East might be the best division in baseball. And I would argue that a Philly cheesesteak sandwich would have been an upgrade over Gabe Kepler at the manager position. So anything <laughs> they get him out of there is good. You mentioned D.D. Gregorius. I do certainly think that the Phillies are going to be a force. Obviously, the Atlanta Braves are dealing with a little bit with Nick Marcakis sitting out the year, Freddie Freeman. Hope that he's doing better. He's certainly been hit by COVID-19 really hard. But with that said, is there any team that you think might be a little bit of a sleeper for this upcoming season? Because I mentioned it. I do think that the starting pitching is going to be a little bit behind this year. You just can't think that with this three-week ramp-up period, even though, guys, you got to think we're sort of staying loose during the pandemic period in which we had that layoff. They're just not going to be their full selves. They're not going to be going seven-plus innings like they're used to, especially in the heat, especially in these down south states where it's like 95 plus degrees. So I certainly think that that's going to be an issue. But is there any team that you think might be able to make a nice bonsai charge in the 60 game season? Yeah, I really like the Cincinnati Reds. Not a lot of people are talking about potentially what they could do. They have a really good rotation. You know, they already announced Sonny Gray is going to be their opening day starter. People forget. I know Sonny Gray was a disaster with the Yankees, but he's been a really good pitcher in his career outside of you know his few years in New York. He was very good for the Reds last year, made the all-star team. They have Luis Castillo as their number two guy. Trevor Bowers in that rotation. Wade Miley, you know, he fell off a cliff at the end of the year, but he was really good the first four months of the year for the Astros last year, and he's their number four starter. So one through four, they have a good rotation between, you know, Eugenio Suarez and Mike Moustakas, who they added. And of course, they still have Joey Votto, and we know what they have in the outfield with Winkler and, you know, Nicholas Castellanos they added in free agency. They're a good team. I don't think a lot of people are really talking about, you know, the Cincinnati Reds. I, I wouldn't pick them to win the World Series or anything, but... You know, if you're looking for a team that probably you can get good odds on, you know, the Reds, if they do somehow get into the playoffs, are built to win with their with their rotation. Not to mention Inglacius, their closer. He's a really good young closer in this sport. He's been an all-star before. They have the makings of a pretty good team, and you don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about them. And it seemed like they had really four outfielders for three positions. The addition of the designated hitter certainly going to help with that. Now you're able to put one of those guys that would have probably been a little bit more of a platoon player in the outfield in that DH spot. So that is certainly going to be beneficial. And really, I do think that the NL Central is going to be wide open. I will accept any answer that isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates for winning that division because obviously you still have some talent with the Chicago Cubs. The St. Louis Cardinals are always there. And in my opinion, Jack Flaherty's one of the best pitchers that you're going to find in the MLB. And then the Milwaukee Brewers might have the most overall depth of any team in the National League Central when it comes to a pitching standpoint. And then you got a guy in Christian Yelich that we've seen it the last couple of years. When this guy gets hot for like a 40-50 game stretch, he can be the best player in all baseball. No, absolutely. You're right. And that, that division is so competitive. I mean, when you look at you know the other teams in that central division, you know, with the Cubs and the Cardinals, I mean, the list goes on and on. We just talked about the Reds. It's competitive. And I, and I like Milwaukee a lot. I think Milwaukee is as talented as any team in that division. You wonder about their pitching staff. But hey, you know, if you could bash your way through 60 games, it's anyone's league right now. So there are a lot of close divisions. And it's also fascinating with the way the schedule is, where you play your division 40 out of your 60 games. You know, the games in division mean so much more than they ever have, where obviously each game is worth about three if you project it over a full 162. But just the fact that you play 40 of your 60 against teams in your own division, it's just going to be fascinating to see how, you know, managers have to manage with a sense of urgency, even though you know, you're talking about baseball and baseball being this marathon, not a sprint. Well, it's reversed this year. It's a sprint, not a marathon. And, you know, having a good manager, I think, is going to be really important. And Milwaukee has that with council. So I think, you know, that benefits them over the long haul. I think it's just going to be such a fun MLB season in general. And, Jake, you're going to be along for the full ride. You host Monday through Friday on SB Nation Radio from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Pacific time. That is between 6 and 8. You do an absolutely superb job there. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media. And I know that I know you do more than just your weekday show on SB Nation Radio. You do some weekends and you do just a little bit of everything. You're the jack of all trades, my friend. So let the good people at home know how they're able to get a little bit more of your work. I appreciate it, Greg. So you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Asman and on Instagram at Jake Asman. You know, you see a lot of behind the scenes content, clips from the show, and feel free to interact. Love hearing from listeners. Absolutely. Jake does an absolutely terrific job. So a big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. And coming up next, it is that time the podcast. I give you a decided total for the Friday night slash Saturday morning MPB and KBO games as we touch them all.
Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And a big thanks to Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the last segment as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a side in total on every game on the KBO and MPB betting board for Friday night slash Saturday morning in a little something I like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. Reason why I say Friday night slash Saturday morning is because the earliest MPB games are going to be starting at 1 a.m. Eastern time on the East Coast. That is going to be for Saturday morning. And if you're on the West Coast, that's Friday night at 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual. And as per usual as well, unless we are betting at Pinnacle on a lot of these foreign leagues, you're going to be betting on the team and the team only. So let's say for the Cebu Lions and the Chibalote Marines game, which is going to be the first one that we're going to be looking at. Instead of getting Wataru Matsumoto going for the Cebu Lions, you get an actual lion that goes on the mound. Well, congratulations. You are stuck with our good friend, the actual lion. But with that said, let's get into it. We're going to be starting with the MPB first since they are up first when it comes to a time standpoint and also rotation numbers. So 304-183, 304-184. You've got our friends, the Cebu Lions, hitting the road to face off against the Chibalote Lote Marines. The few, the proud, the Marines are a little bit of a favorite in this one. Anywhere between minus 130, minus 135. Meanwhile, Cebu, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Your total on this game is 8.5. Juice on the over is set at minus 115. The under is minus 105. And it is going to be Wataru Matsumoto who's going to be going for the Cebu Lions. Meanwhile, Atsuki Denichi is going to be going for the Lote Marines. A few of the proud the Marines certainly do have some guys that are able to match in this lineup. You've got Leonis Martin along with Brandon Laird. And they're going to be matched up against a Cebu team that... They've got some okay bullpen pitching. They did use up some of their more trustworthy relievers, including Reed Garrett, who used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers in the win Friday morning. But you take a look at Matsumoto. This is someone that's 23 years old during the 2019 campaign out there in the Pacific League. It was actually pretty good from a record standpoint, 7-4. You look at the advanced numbers, not necessarily as great. 454 ERA. He wound up going about 85 and a third innings over the course of 16 starts. So he's able to give you a little bit of length, but it's not overwhelming. Here's the thing, though. Throughout his career, five walks per nine innings. That is not ideal, to say the least. And then when you take a look at our good friends, the few, the proud, the Marines, they were able to get C.I. Anui going. He was able to get his third home run of the campaign for the team yesterday. You were noticing a little bit of a higher-scoring game with that regard, as well as both bullpens wound up getting gassed a little bit with Chibalote. This is a team that they certainly do not have one of the more trustworthy bullpens out there in the MPB, but I do think that they're going to be able to get a solid start in this one. Atsuki Tanichi has been able to do a solid job throughout his very young NPB career. During the 2019 campaign, he was only 20 years old, 1-8-2, 3-24 ERA. What I love about this guy is that he's got fantastic swing and miss stuff. 10.4 strikeouts per 9 innings. So far this year, he has been able to give the team 3 starts and 19 innings in the process. It has been not quite where he was from a record standpoint in 2019, but his advanced numbers are pretty solid. 2.37 ERA for the campaign. He has given up 1.4 home runs per 9 innings, but he's taken the walks from more around 4 per 9 innings to 1.9, so his command is a little bit better. He's getting a couple fewer swings and misses, but I certainly do think that he's an up-and-comer in this league. When you take a look at Chiba Lote as well, they wound up using a lot of their less than trustworthy relievers as well. So you've got someone like a Jay Jackson and a Frank Herman in the bullpen for this bunch as well. And with Cebu, Corey Spangenberg just has not been what we expected. He's hitting below a 250 for this bunch. That has been a little bit interesting. You're going to need to get some of these other guys going. And this is a team that has a collective for Cebu. It's hitting a little bit above a 250. So they certainly have not been terrible with that regard, but other than Hotaka Yamakawa, who's got six home runs, right around 19 RBI for the team. You don't necessarily have a lot of power. You do have someone in a Tamaya Mori, who's been able to have an on-base percentage of a 340, but by and large, I take a look at the Chibalote Marines. They've got a better lineup. I certainly like their pitching a little bit better, but I do think that Cebu is going to be able to get a decent start out of Matsumoto, so I'm going to be going with this total under, and I'm going to be laying it here with Chibalote. We move on to game number 304-185, 304-186. The Junichi Dragons are going to be playing us 
to the Hiroshima Carp. If you're looking to get some fish into your betting diet, you're going to be laying right in the neighborhood of minus 130 and minus 135 with Junichi. You're going to be finding them between plus 110 and plus 115, and your total on this game is 8. If you're looking at the over of 8, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, or anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, Hiroki Tokata is going to be going for the Hiroshima Carp. Meanwhile, Akiyoki Katsuno is going to be going for the Junichi Dragons. Yes, those are some very fun names to say. And what's very interesting about Junichi is that they are towards the bottom in the MPB when it comes to home runs. And they've got one man that has supplied over half their home runs so far this year. That would be one Dion Viciedo. This guy has got seven home runs. Team as a whole has 11. I mean, that is just absolutely stark. It's not like we've only played a couple games. We're now 19 games into the season. So that certainly is something that you want to be taking a look at. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of the Chunichi Dragons from a pitching standpoint, the bullpen was able to hold down the fort in the team's win Friday morning. But this is certainly a bullpen that, to say that it has struggled in recent years, is going to be putting it very politely. And then you've got Katsunmo, who's going to be going for the Chunichi Dragons. This is someone that is certainly very young, and he's got not a lot of MPB experience. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He spent a lot of time in the minor league system of the MPB. If you combine the minors and the majors during his age 22 2019 season, 504 ERA runs a lot of a 5.81. So he certainly did not get a lot of help out there in the field, but he's also a guy that he registered right around four and a half innings per start. He gave up right around 4.1 walks per nine innings. Not a swing and miss guy for the year. He's getting just 4.8 strikeouts per nine this year. Last year it was more around 6.5. So that is certainly a massive concern to say the least, especially when you've got someone like a C.I. Suzuki who's able to do a little bit of everything for the Hiroshima Carp. He's sitting a little bit above 300. He's able to give you some home runs. He's able to do a very good job. Now with the Hiroshima Carp, we saw the kryptonite of this team rear its ugly head Friday morning. Geronimo Franzua wound up blowing a save for the team. That is par for the course for the Hiroshima Carp, but with the Carp, what you've also got with this team is some pretty solid starters, and I do think that Tokata is going to be able to have some success in this one. For the 2020 season, he certainly has not been himself. You take a look at his first two starts. He's won a combined seven innings. He just has not been able to have that success that he was able to have in previous years because he is giving up 14.1 hits per nine innings. This is probably going to go down because you take a look at at his 2019 numbers. It's not like this guy was going to be winning like the Japanese version of the Cy Young or anything like that, but 7-6 and six record, 296 ERA, 25 starts of which he went 139 and two-thirds innings. He gave up more around 8.4 hits per nine innings, and that was actually a career high for him. He's going to give up right around three blocks per nine. His swing and miss stuff isn't necessarily great for his career. It's right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he certainly does a good job of being able to hold down the fort, so you got to think that there's going to be some length there, and then I think that Jose Pirella is going to be able to come back, and he's going to have a good game for this team. For Pirella, he's been hitting right around a 280-ish. He just hasn't necessarily drawn walks. I think he's drawn one walk all year for this bunch, so that is something that's very fascinating. But you also got Shota Dobiyashi, who is hitting above a 400. He's got three jacks for this team as well, just by and large. I think that the Carp have a better lineup than the Chunichi Dragons, who have seven of their 11 home runs from one source. They're a team that they do a solid job of being able to get some hits up on the board with the Chunichi Dragons, but they don't walk a lot. And I think that the Carp are going to be able to get a solid start in this one, and I just think that this is a very bad spot for Chunichi with the starting pitching and the bullpen. So we're going to be laying it here with the Carp, and we're going to be going with this total over. We move on to 304-187, 304-188. The Oryx Buffaloes are going to be playing most of the Ham Fighters of Nippon. If you're looking at the Nippon Ham Fighters, you're going to be getting a little bit of a plus price here. With the Ham Fighters, they are anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. With the Buffaloes, anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. And your total on this game is 7.5. If you're looking at the juice of the over of 7.5, that is going to be right around minus 105 to even money. Meanwhile, the unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Fighters of Ham, it is going to be Johiro Koneko, and it is going to be Takai Tajima, who's going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes. And with Tajima, this guy has actually been lights out so far this year. 1-0 record over the course of three starts, 241 ERA. So he has certainly been able to do a very good job there, and he's been able to eat some innings, which is big, because the Oryx Buffaloes bullpen certainly looked good in the team's win Friday morning, but this is a bullpen that has gas canned a whole lot of games so far this year. You want absolutely no part of it. You are going to be playing with fire, but when you take a look at the sort of length that you're going to be able to get here, I do think that 
it is providing a little bit of promise that Tajima over three starts has went 18 and two-thirds innings. He has had to get up a home run as well. That is something that's very big. And if you take a look at Tajima, this is one of the up-and-comers in the MPB. He is just 23 years old. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He was getting his feet wet in the MPB, and he just didn't have a lot of help around him because he had a 3.44 ERA, but his runs allowed was a 4.71. So on average, he gave up 1.3 unearned runs per appearance. That's absolutely terrible. He only made 10 starts up there at the major league level of the MPB during the 2019 season, was registering right around five innings per start. And what I like about him as well is the fact that he did a good job of keeping the ball in the air. 0.7 home runs per nine innings, 7.2 punch outs per nine. So there is certainly some promise there. You got to think that he's going to need to give a little bit more length here because you have had to use some trustworthy bullpen arms for the Buffaloes recently. But Adrian Rodriguez, the guy that was able to hit a walk-off home run for the Buffaloes Friday morning, he's starting to find it. Adam Jones is someone that's now hitting right around 8.270. You got to think that that's only going to improve. And you've got to like the fact that Ryochi Adachi has an off-base percentage right around a 350. So you've certainly got some guys that are starting to pick it up with the bats for the Buffaloes. They are circling the wagons. And for the Ham Fighters, getting Christian Villanueva in the fold. Someone that hit 20 home runs a few years ago for the San Diego Padres is big. He went deep for the first time all year on Friday morning. So that is something that's going to help him out because Joe Nakata was having to just carry the mail for this team from an offensive standpoint. 7 home runs, 17 RBI. He's got an on-base percentage that's hovering right around a 400. That's big because as a collective, the Ham Fighters right now are hitting right around at 215. I mean, no doubt about it. They need a little bit more. Villanueva should be able to give that little bit of a punch, but when you take a look at the Ham Fighters as well, bullpen ERA, to call it shoddy would be very generous. It's north of a 4-5, and then with Koneko, oh boy, he's got a 10.57 ERA so far this year. He has been used as a bullpen arm as well. He's made seven appearances to get that 10.57 ERA, seven and two-thirds innings. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a bullpen game for a bullpen that sucks. I mean, that is like the ultimate kryptonite right there. You take a look at with Koneko. This is someone that is age 36, so he's probably going to go out there. He's going to try to give them a win-one for the Gipper sort of a performance. And he was 8-7 and seven during the 2019 season. And I will say, during 2019, he did wind up making between starts and appearances, 26 total appearances, 109 and two-thirds innings. So you can't think that this is a guy that's only going to give them one inning. And he was a guy that he kept the game out in front of him. He was able to get 6.2 strikeouts per nine innings, which isn't great, but he only gave up 0.8 home runs per nine. That's really been his N.O. when it comes to the MPB. He's just had such an advanced age that you can't expect a lot out of him. And then what are you going to get out of some of these other guys? Because they wound up burning up some of their other bullpen arms as well. So, I mean, it's just one of these situations in which you just don't know what's going to be coming out of the pen for the Ham Fighters with the Oryx Buffaloes. This is a team that I think is just going to just rip them apart. You got to think that Adam Jones, Ederlin Rodriguez and company, they're going to have a lot of success. I think that Oryx is going to give up a run or two. I think that the Ham Fighters are going to be able to improve that terrible batting average. So I'm going to go with this little over, but all aboard the Buffaloes to circle the wagons in this spot. Now we move on to the games in the MPB that are going to be starting all across the board Saturday morning. These games have a start time of 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. That starts with 304-189, 304-190. The Hunching Tigers are going to be playing also the Yakahoma Data Base Stars. If you're looking at the Base Stars, you're going to be saying, hey, baby, to lay in a little bit of juice here. Anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. With Hanchin, you've got anywhere between even a minus 105. Your total on this game, lowest that you're going to find in the MPB. It is 6.5. The over is just anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even a minus 105. Starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Dana Bay Stars, it is Shokata Imajana, and it is going to be Yuki Nishi, who's going to be going for the Hanchin Tigers. And it's really interesting what we're seeing out of the Hanchin Tigers. They've been able to get a little bit hot recently. Justin Bohr has been able to give the team two home runs in their last four games. So that certainly has been able to help out this team with Hanchin. They were dead last in the MPB when it came to home runs during the 2019 season. So they went out and they got guys like Justin Bohr. Batting average has been suffering. Kosuke Fukudome is someone that's only played nine games so far this year. He's been all sorts of banged up. But you've got Jeffrey Marte, a guy that's hitting just below a 300. And then Yusuke Okiyama. How about this guy? 480 on base percentage. He has not played the full allotment of games for this team so far this year, but he's been able to do a solid job. And then you've got Utero Omeno. He is doing a terrific job as well at a 359, but it's just those bottom of the line of guys that are unable to come through for this team. But you do have one of the better starting pitchers out there in the MPB in Yuki Nishi. He is an up-and-comer at the age of 29 during the 2019 campaign. 10 and 8 record, 292 ERA. He wound up going 171 and a third innings and gave up 0.6 home runs and 1.9 walks per nine innings. 
Now, no doubt, this is not a guy that's going to get a bunch of swings and misses. 5.8 strikeouts for 9 innings. I would consider him sort of like the Hunjin Roo of the NPB. He does a good job of just keeping the game out in front of him. Not a ton of swings and misses, but he just does a good job of limiting that soft contact. But here's the thing with Hanjin as well. They've got a bullpen ERA that is well north of 5. So... You are certainly going to be playing fire with that. And you've got Jerry Sands, who is another foreign-born player that's hitting right around a buck seventy-five for this team. That's very hardy. And then you take a look at what you are going to be able to get on the Dana base starts. Tyler Austin has been pretty solid for this team. He's hitting above a three hundred. He's been able to give them a trio of home runs. I really like what I've seen out of him. And the Dana base stars in general, they've done a terrific job of getting on base. I mean, they were just the victims of an unfortunate circumstance in their game Friday morning. The game was called after five. They were going to be getting into the bullpen. You felt like they had some positive momentum because the night before, Thursday morning, they wound up being able to win that game 5-1 to one while leaving 16 men on base. This is a team that they do a terrific job of being able to reach base. The team on base percentage is hovering right around at 365. So, I mean, this is a bunch that they do a great job there. You've got, like, the fact that you've got Toshiro Mirazaki, who's been able to give the team 5 home runs, 16 RBI. He's hitting just below a 400 right now. You do need to get a couple guys going. But when you take a look at Imajana, who's going to be starting for this team, he's been pretty rock solid. 13-7 and seven record, 291 ERA during the 2019 campaign. And he certainly gives you a length. 25 starts, 170 innings. Gave up one home run and 6.8 hits per nine innings. And he gives you a right around 10 punch outs per nine. So this guy has some very electric stuff. And with the Dana Bay Stars, they certainly do have a rested bullpen. So you're going to be able to rely upon a guy like a Spencer Patton. You're going to be able to rely upon an Edwin Escobar. So I certainly do think that that plays into their favor. But I do think that this is a spot in which six and a half is just a couple too low. I think that Hanchin is going to get their patented like two run home run in this one. But I think that the Dana Bay Stars are just going to be able to find a way to get on base. They're going to drive the runners in. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the ABB Dana Bay Stars and we are going to be going with this total over as well. We move on to game number 304-191-304-192. The Fukuoka South Bangkoks are going to be playing host to the Rakuten Golden Eagles. If you're looking at the Golden Eagles, laying anywhere between minus 152 and minus 160 with Fukuoka, you are going to be getting anywhere between plus 132 and plus 160 and your total on this game is 8.5. If you're looking at the over of 8.5 it is minus 110. The under is minus 110. That makes things nice and easy. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for Fukuoka it is going to be Akira Niho and it is going to be Takayuki Kishi and Mr. Kishi gets the advantage of having the best bullpen in the MPB backing him up with the Rakuten Golden Eagles. And if you're taking a look at it, the Rakuten Golden Eagles are the most well-rounded team out there in the MPB. They just were unable to generate a lot of offense Friday morning, but this is a bunch that you're taking a look at them. They're 13 and 6. They have the best record in the MPB, and it's not an accident. Jabari Blash all of a sudden is doing a great job of getting on base. On base percentage above a 400. As a team, their on base percentage is hovering right around a 375. You've been able to get something out of Yuji Adachi, who's got an on-base percentage of a 400. Stefan Romero, 339 batting average, 431 on-base, four home runs. And then Adeto Asamura, this guy is on fire, hitting a 315. Nine home runs, 28 RBI. That leads the MPB. So that is certainly going to help out a guy that he's been pretty solid in Kishi. He's made one start so far this year. He won five innings. He was able to get the W in that one. So you have to go back a little bit further. This is a guy that's at an advanced age at 35, but... You take a look at what he did during the 2019 campaign. He was solid despite the fact that he had a 3-5 and five record out there in the Pacific League. He wanted making 15 starts, 93 and two-thirds innings. He was a little bit banged up during the year, but he only gave up 2.4 walks per nine innings despite the fact that he was at an advanced age. 8.3 strikeouts per nine. That's pretty solid. He does sometimes get victimized by the long ball, and that is going to help out Fukuoka because you've got a guy in Wilmer Ballantin that is going to be able to take him yard. Wilmer Ballantin hitting right around a 250 for the campaign. He's hit five home runs, but a lot of those have come recently. You've got Rayora Kuihara, who's been able to give the team four home runs. And then Yuki Aganita has seven bombs so far this year. But you take a look at Fukuoka. This team has just been absolutely terrible at the bullpen. Bullpen ERA is hovering right around a 5-5. So that is not helping out this bunch. And then when you look at Neo, ugh, he's made three starts. He's won 11 and a third innings. He has given up seven walks in that time span. ERA 874 to say that it's been a little bit brutal would be very polite so you take a look at what he was able to do during the 2019 campaign it certainly was a little bit better but he was really 
spending 50% of his time at the major leagues, 50% of his time at the minor leagues. And I will say, record doesn't indicate how he pitched last year. 3 one ERA, 4-6 record, but he's not going to give you a lot of length. 28 total appearances with 88 in the third innings. And what that means is that you're going to have a South Bangkok team with a terrible bullpen needing to get a whole bunch of innings out of said bullpen. I think that's just going to be a hot mess for this team. And I think that as a result, you're just going to get a butt-kicking year from the Rakuten Golden Eagles. Now, I do think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, so I'm going to be taking this total under because I do think that you're going to be getting a very good start out of Kishi, and with him being backed up by the best bullpen out there in the MPB, that is going to keep the scoring down, but we are going to be taking the Rakuten Golden Eagles along with that under, and this is the last game on the MPB betting board before we go to the KBO. 304-183, 304-184. The Yamiori Giants are going to be playing mostly Tokyo Yakult Swallows. If you're looking at the Swallows, you're going to be getting a plus price here. You're going to be Fighting them anywhere between, and I'm not even getting here on the juice. It is a little bit strange, but plus 129 and plus 135. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Yamiyori, you are going to be laying anywhere between minus 147 and minus 155 with a total of 8.5. With the juice on the over of 8.5, it is minus 120, and the under is even. For the Swallows, it is going to be Mr. Yoshihiro Ogawa, who's going to be pitching for them, and it is going to be Angel Sanchez, who goes for the Yamiyori Giants. And with Mr. Sanchez, he was lights out for the SK Wyverns during the 2019 season in the KBO. He has come over to the MPB, and before his last start, was actually having a very good run of it. With Angel Sanchez, this is someone that he's not going to give you, like, 10-plus punch-outs per game, but he's certainly going to be able to raise the amount that he's got right now at 2.6. He also does typically a very good job of keeping things out in front of him. He's given up 5.9 walks per nine innings so far this year, but when he was out there in the KBO, that was more around 2.3 to 2.4, and we know the way that the KBO batters are able to battle off pitches, so that is a testament to what he's able to do. So certainly, I think that we're going to see a little bit of a better on El Sanchez than when he got completely destroyed in his last start. The bullpen of the Giants can sometimes be a little bit suspect, especially with Ruby De La Rosa. Their closer currently dealing with an injury, so that is something that you do want to take note of, but by and large, when you take a look at the Giants as well, you've got a couple mashers in there. you got to love the fact that Gerardo Parra came over from the Washington Nationals. He's hitting just below a 285 for this bunch. He's got a trio of home runs. Kazuma Okamoto has been able to provide five home runs. And what's big for this team as well is that they've got a former MVP on their roster as well who was dealing with COVID-19 and Ayato Sokomato. It seems like he's starting to round into form on base percentage, now hovering right around 375, so he's starting to pick it up. And then when you take a look at the flip side for the Occult Swells, you've got Nori, don't call me Steve Aoki, a former Milwaukee Brewers great who's been in and out of the fold for the last couple games for this team, but by and large for the team, he's been able to do a good job of getting on base, 380 on base. Altidis Escobar, his former infield mate with the Milwaukee Brewers, is hitting right around 260. Obviously, you don't have a lot of power with those guys, but you've got Noah Michi Nishiura, who's been able to give the team five home runs so far this campaign. With these teams having their game rained out, Friday morning. you got to think that both these bullpens are going to be very fresh, but what you do need to take a look at with the occult swells is what you're going to be able to get out of Mr. Ogawa. He does have a 2-0 record so far this year, but it comes with a little bit of an asterisk as he's made three starts, 5-1-9 ERA, 17 and a third inning. So, despite the fact that he's given up runs, he certainly has provided you length, but he's given up four bombs in the process, only four walks, so that is a little bit encouraging, but he doesn't necessarily have that swing and miss stuff. This is someone that during the 2019 campaign went 5 and 12 with a 4.57 ERA. He was absolutely putrid, despite the fact that he gave the team seven innings pretty much on a game in and game out basis. How about this? He gave up 9.8 hits and 1.5 home runs per nine innings. Now, he doesn't walk a lot of guys, so that's what keeps him in games, but I think that the Yamiori Giants certainly are going to be able to get to him in this spot. Now, I do think that the Giants are going to be able to get a very good pitching performance. I think that both bullpens are going to be firing out cylinders, but I think that Angel Sanchez comes out there, makes a statement. We're going to be going with this total under, and we are going to be going with the Yamiori Giants as a result. And now we go to the KBO betting board. As per usual with the KBO, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and we are going to be starting with 304-651, 304-652. Little bit of a disclaimer as well. The fact that these games are going to be starting at 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, so want to throw that in there as well. But you've got the SK Wyverns, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Anwa Eagles. If you're looking at the Burns, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155. Meanwhile, with Anwa, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 125 and plus 135. It is going to be a pitching matchup of 
Jinwook Kim, who's going to be going for Anwa. Meanwhile, Junhoon Park is going to be going for the SK Wyverns. As a result, you've got a total on this game of 9.5. Over and under, both at minus 110. When you take a look at this, it is literally sight unseen for Jinwook Kim. He has, in the last two years in the KBO, pitched one inning, and that was on April 28th of 2019 against the NC Dinos. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to be able to get out of Jinwoo Kim, nobody knows, but he's on the Hanwha Eagles. You can't think it's going to be very good. Meanwhile, for Park of the Wyverns, this is someone that, well, it hasn't necessarily been great for him either. He's made 11 starts, 4-4 record, ERA a little bit north of a 5-3. You take a look at the way that he's been able to keep the ball in the park. That's actually pretty solid. 58 and two-thirds innings, 64 strikeouts, and five home runs surrendered. Here's the problem, though. He's given up right around four and a half walks per nine innings as he surrendered 29 of them. He also has been better recently. His last two starts have resulted in a combined 10 and two-thirds innings. He's given up four runs. That's good because in his previous three starts, he had given up four plus in each out of those three. So, Needless to say, that's a little bit of an issue. Now, what else is an issue is the fact that he's given up at least three blocks in three out of his last four starts as well. So that, no doubt, is something that you need to keep in mind. And that's going to be big for Anwa because you don't have a single guy in this roster with five-plus home runs. With Anwa, you do have a couple guys that are starting to bust out. Jin Ho Jung has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base for this team. Ju Suk Ha has also been hitting above 300. So you got a couple of redeeming qualities there. But by and large, it's not great. Meanwhile, with the SK Wyverns, you've got some struggling bats. As Jamie Romack along Jung Choi. We're both in the top five of the KBO in home runs during the 2019 campaign. Here in 2020, it just has not been the same for them. You've got Choi, who's now back in the fold for the team. So that is certainly going to help them out. He is someone that's gotten on base percentage right around a 375. That's good. And then with Jamie Romack, this is a guy that has been able to provide the team with some home runs. But you just need a little bit more out of someone like a Jihoon Choi. But in this spot, I think it's going to be more than enough with the Anwa Eagles bullpen was not good Friday morning, to say the least. With the Wyverns, I have a little bit more faith in them. So for that reason, we are going to be riding with the SK Wyverns with this total, just with the deficit of the doubt as to what you're going to be getting with the Anwa Eagles. We are going to assume that they are going to be just completely mashed to all poop. And for that reason, we are going to be going with the total over as well. We move on to game number 304-653-304-654. The KD Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, are going to be playing host of the Samsung Lions. If you're looking at our Blobio friends, well, the price is pretty cheap to take them as a short favorite. Anywhere between minus 114 and minus 115. Samsung Lions are laying anywhere between minus 104 and minus 105 with a total on this game of 10.5. Over is juice of anywhere between even and minus 115, so shop around accordingly there. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup in this one. Going for the Smiling Blobs, it is going to be Hun Jun So, and it is going to be Chang Young Choi, who's going to be going for the Lions. And for Choi, he's actually been very good so far this year. How about a 5 2 record, 308 ERA? His biggest issue has really been giving up walks. He has surrendered so far this year 25 walks in those 49 and two thirds innings. He's been giving up about a home run per nine. So, by and large, that's been pretty solid. And you take a look at his last three starts, absolutely dynamic. A total of 17 innings, giving up one run in the process, and he's been able to keep the walks down. He's wound up giving up a combined five walks in those last three starts, so you have to like the way that he's coming around, but you take a look at the two starts previous. He gave up a combined 13 runs over the course of eight and two-thirds innings, so will the real Mr. Choi please stand up? Meanwhile, you take a look at so far good friends of Smiling Blobs. It has not necessarily been going well. Ended up going a grand total of two and two-thirds innings against the Anwa Eagles in his last start. He gave up six runs, five of which were earned. That is not necessarily great. He's sort of a yo-yo pitcher because start before that, he gave up two runs. The previous start before that, seven, and then he gave up three runs. So, I mean, it's just one of these situations where you get one good start from So, and then the other one, it goes from So-So to absolutely atrocious. And we also know this, our good friends of Smiling Blobs, their bullpen ERA, second worst out there in the KBO. It's the Samsung Lions, they've got a good bullpen ERA, but here's the thing, they got one any other starter in the team's game Friday morning, which means that it has been taxed, and that's putting it very politely. Here's the good news for the Samsung Lions. Tyler Saladino is back in the fold. This is no doubt going to be able to provide the team a nice little boost, and then you've just got a whole bunch of guys on the Samsung Lions that... They're not necessarily hitting for a whole boatload of power, but they've got a bunch of guys that they're going to give you six, five, something like that sort of home runs. You've got like a Minnow Kong who's been able to give you like a 250 batting average.
average. You've been able to get Jaku Lee going. Sun Tzu Kim has had a non-base percentage above a 400, so that's absolutely impressive. But then you take a look at the smiling blobs. How about our man, Med Rojas? He's got 20 home runs, leads the KBO and RBI, on-base percentage above a 400. He's been terrific. Beko Kong has been absolutely terrific as well. 333 batting average. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs. And then you're just getting provided with the smiling blobs with a whole bunch of other guys that do just a very good job of being able to reach base. Someone like a Sungwoo Jun as an on-base percentage that's hovering right around a 350. You've been able to get our man Jung Nae Bae, who's been saying a Bae Bae to a batting average above a 320. So that has been very nice. And then Han Jun Yu has been able to do a solid job as well. You just take a look at this Blobs team. They're going to allow some runs in this one, but the Lions have been badly taxed. I think that this is a spot in which Choi is going to get completely destroyed by all that the Blobs are able to provide. You get a high-scoring game, and in the end, our good friends the Smiling Blobs pull it out. So we are on the Blobios. So we're taking the Blob Express, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to game number 304, 655, 304, 656. LG Twins are going to be playing OC NC Dinos. If you're looking at the Dinos, Juice is not as out of whack as you'd typically find. The NC Dinos are anywhere between minus 140 and minus 155 favorites. Meanwhile, with the LG Twins, they are anywhere between plus 122 and plus 135. Underdogs with your total on this game at 9.5. With the 9.5, over is Juice anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 as well. You've got Mr. Mike Wright, who's going to be on the mound for the NC Dinos. Meanwhile, it's going to be Minho Lee that's going for LG. And with Minho Lee, this is a guy that's actually been very impressive despite the fact that he's just 18 years old. 2-2 two two record, 162 ERA. This is someone that he hasn't pitched in a little bit. His last start came on June 30th, so he had a little bit of a layoff there. And this is just a guy that it feels like he gets out of danger in miraculous ways. He has given up at least four walks in four out of his last five starts, and yet he's given up two runs or fewer in every one of them. I just have a feeling that the parade is going to run out on this young guy. 33 and a third innings. He's got 25 strikeouts to 20 walks, and yet he's got an ERA that is hovering right around a 1-6. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Meanwhile, Mike Wright, it's been a little bit less lucky from 6-2 record, 363 ERA. He's certainly been able to hold down the fort. 62 total innings. He's gotten only 49 punch outs and 27 walks, but he keeps the ball in yard. He's given up six home runs so far this season, and he's just a pretty consistent guy. He's allowed more than three earned runs in just two out of his 11 starts, so you know what you're going to get there. Probably six innings, giving up two runs. NC Dino's bullpen is not necessarily great, but Hunsu Kim, the hit machine, he wound up leaving the game Friday morning due to an injury, so you do want to note that. Roberto Ramos has been struggling a little bit. It's still hitting a little bit above a 300 for the year, but he's been giving the team right around two home runs over the last four weeks, so that is something that has been of note for him as well. But then you do take a look at this team. It seems like they're getting a little bit healthier with Uyun Che. He is now back at the fold for this bunch, but with the NC Dinos. You've got Aaron Altair who was able to hit a home run for the team yesterday. Sung Bum Na was able to get a couple RBI. Both these guys have 15 plus home runs. Both these guys hitting above a 300. Yuji Yang is hitting right around a 300. He does a great job at the catcher spot. I mean, the list of guys that are performing goes on and on. Suckman Park has been doing absolutely terrific work. Minwoo Park is now back in the fold. Just one through nine with NC. Everyone's hitting above a 275. Most are above a 300. I think that this is just going to be an NC Dinos team that they come out gangbusters like they were able to do Friday morning on ESPN. I think that they're going to be able to hang at least a touchdown up there on the board. So for that reason, we are taking our good buddies, the Dinos, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to game number 304, 657, 304, 658. The Kia Tigers are going to be playing us to the heroes of Kiwoom. If you're looking at the Kiwoom heroes, you are going to be able to get a plus price here. With the Kiwoom heroes, you're finding them anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130. Meanwhile, if you're looking to lay it with Kia, it's anywhere between minus 140 and minus 150. Total on this game is 8.5. Over and under are both at minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Aaron Brooks, no, not the former basketball player for the Oregon Ducks or the former New Orleans Saints quarterback, is going to be going for the Kia Tigers. Meanwhile, Sung Ho Lee is going to be going for Kiwoom. And with Lee, he got absolutely blown up in his last start. But by and large, this guy has actually been pretty solid for the campaign. Prior to giving up six runs over the course of two innings to the white hot smiling blobs, he had been doing absolutely terrific. In his previous four starts, he had given up a grand total of four runs, three of which were earned. So he was doing a nice job of holding down the fourth there. And what's even more impressive, 
He has given up one home run since the beginning of the month of June. So he has done a nice job of being able to hold the ball in the yard. He also does a nice job of not giving out walks. Two walks or fewer in each out of his last five starts. And for that matter, one walk or fewer in each out of his last four. So he does a nice job. I think that he's going to be able to keep this game out in front of him. I think that the start against the Smiling Blobs just blip on the radar because this team is white hot. Meanwhile, Theron Brooks, he has been absolutely terrific in his own right. He should be much better than his 3-3 record. 236 ERA. He has given the team 68 and two-thirds innings. And he has given up in the process two home runs, 62 strikeouts to 16 walks. He has been absolutely terrific with that regard. And you take a look at this guy. He has given up more than two earned runs just once since May 23rd, and I believe that that was against the NC Dinos, in which he gave up three runs. So he has been great in his own right. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, despite the fact that with Kiwoom, you've got some guys that are starting to get things going. Biongo Park is only hitting right around a 230, but the league leader in home runs in the KBO from the 2019 season now has 15 bombs. You have to like the fact that the Kiwoom Heroes have also really gotten one of the biggest stars in the KBO going as Jung-Woo Lee. Hitting above a 350 for this bunch. He's got right around 10 home runs. He's been able to drive them in. I really like that. But then you've got Ha Sung Kim, Dong Wan Park, all these guys that do such a good job towards the top lineup of being able to set the table as well. And with the Key Womb Heroes, they also have the best bullpen ERA that you're going to find in the KBO. I will say that the bullpen has been taxed greatly. They have had to get 18 outs out of it from three out of the last four days, but they've actually been able to hold down the fourth. And what else is big for Key Womb is that if they get into a big spot, Sungwoo Joe has been able to give the team 14 plus saves without blowing one. ERA south of one. He did not wind up pitching in the game Friday morning. So he is going to be fresh and active for this team. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Kia Tigers. They're just a little bit all over the place with their bats, but Preston Tucker has been able to find it so far this week. He's got two home runs, won three of six in the team's game Friday morning. That is big. Min Sang Yu has been able to do a good job with a batting average above a 300. And then Jiwon Na, he's gotten deep twice in the team's last two games. He's hitting just below a 300. You've also got Hung Woo Choi, who in the last series against the Kiwoom Euros wound up hitting a grand slam in that one. So you do have quite a few guys that are doing a solid job there. I do think, though, that Aaron Brooks, along with what you're getting out of the Kiwoom Heroes bullpen, coupled with Lee, is going to lead to a lower scoring game. So I'm going to be going with a total under, but I think that in the end, the Heroes just have that back end of the bullpen that is going to allow them to win this very low scoring game. So that for that reason, I'm going to be going with the Heroes, and I'm going to be going with this total under. And we wrap things up with game number 304, 659, 304, 660. The Lote Giants are going to be playing host to the Doosan Bears. The Bears find themselves as a favorite in this one. If you're looking to lay it with Doosan, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140. Meanwhile, plus price here on Lote is a little bit of a Lote, plus 110 and plus 120. Your total on this game, anywhere between 11 and a half and 12. If you're looking at the 11 and a half, the over is just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. On the 12, you're going to be finding the over at even, and the under is minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, the call less and star setting would be very polite as he Kwan Yu is going to be going for Dusan. Meanwhile, Sungwoon Park is going to be going for Lote with Park. He has got a 571 ERA so far this year. 2-5 record. It has not been necessarily going great for him. I will say this, he has given up four runs or fewer in all but one of his starts ever since May 21st. That's my polite way of saying he hasn't been absolutely terrible. He has won 10 starts so far this year. He's been able to give the team right around five and a half innings per start. His big thing is long balls. He's given up 10 home runs and 52 innings so far this year because he's given up 19 walks and gotten 41 strikeouts in that time span. It's not like it's terrific, but at the same time, it's not awful. With Lote, you actually have a better bullpen with this team as well. With Tucson, they've been picking up with the bullpen as well. And you've got a guy in you that we know this. He's very much a pitch-to-contact guy. I think that that could be very bad going up against the Lote Giants because with Lote, you don't necessarily have ideal power, but you certainly have a guy in Day Ho Lee that's able to get on base. He's got 10 home runs. He's hitting right around a 300. Dixon Machado has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. Asap Sun, he's hitting above a 300 as well. And then the list of guys that are hitting right around that 300, 275, uh, Hoon Jung, guys like this. That is very long for the team. Meanwhile, you take a look at Dusan. No doubt, Jose Miguel Fernandez is absolutely terrific. He's hitting above a 375. He's got 10 home runs so far this year. Jaywon O has been just one of the stalwarts of this league in general with his hitting. And then Jay Illo, he's another guy that's hitting right around a 350. Kunwo Park has been absolutely terrific. He's hitting above a 400 over the team's last like three or so weeks. It's been absolutely terrific. But you also take a look at you. This is a guy that the strikeouts are just absolutely comical. And get this, 
57 and a third innings, 23 strikeouts and 19 walks. The 19 walks aren't bad, but he's gotten in that time span 23 strikeouts. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think that Lote is just going to go death by a million cuts. I do think that this total is a little bit too high because I think that the Lote and Dusan bullpens are going to be able to hold down the fort here. So I'm going to take it under, but I just think that this is an absolutely atrocious matchup for you because he is a pitcher contact guy. And with Lote, they're not a team that's necessarily going to take you deep, but they are going to create a lot of contact. So we're taking the Giants and we're taking the total under, and that will wrap things up for the Friday afternoon slash Saturday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the second segment. And if you like what you're hearing from this time podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a very big question for the podcast, write it into my timeline at your score 41. Hope you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And we'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you. 